Pastor Steve. Thank you, Pastor Renee. Who know how many? How many of you know who I am? So, I, so okay, uh, okay. So we're about split. Okay. Um, we are doing a sermon series this week on tuning into God. So, um, for those of you, I, this is a this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. That if if you, for those of you who know who I am and probably know why. Um, I have to thank Pastor Earl because he gave up his spot for me to speak this morning. So can we give it up for Pastor Earl? Yes. Because in hearing from God and tuning into God, a lot of times you have to do things that you don't want to do, and you have to talk to people and go to people. And I actually was very afraid to even text Pastor Josh and Joy because I was on my way to Detroit for, to go see a customer, and the Holy Spirit started giving me download. Anybody who doesn't know what download means, it just means that God was tuning into me and saying, here, you're going to say this. Um, so to give you know, a little preface into this message as I was driving, and I'm like feeling this fear rise up inside of me, and, and I'm like, okay, so a lot of times for me, if I hear something and my body starts to shake, and I begin to feel fearful. I know that the enemy is trying to stop me from saying it. Has anybody ever felt like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I knew that I had to text Pastor Josh and Joy and say, hey, I feel like I have a word. And they graciously spoke with Pastor Earl and allowed me to speak, which is a great honor and a privilege. Um, since Pastor Joy is not here, I'm going to say it over the recording. She'll be very happy and very pleased to know that I am using an acrostic. Angel, my wife, was, thought that was quite funny. She said, you've been around teenagers way too long because you are now using things that are simple and not breaking down Hebrew and Greek. We will do that, but it's not going to be the whole, but it's not going to be as extensive as usual. So, so the title of this message are, these are the facts with two T's because in the South Side, we add letters to everything like visions. We add an S to vision. Now we are, so we add letters to everything, and we take letters away from everything. Like, you know. <sighs> Not, there's no you in there. It's just you. Um, I feel like I need to give a little of my testimony here. I got some time. So what time are we out of here? Or what time do I got to? Okay. All right. I got until they, until they see where I'm going. So for those of you who don't know me, um, as Pastor Renee said, when I first got saved, I was a mess. Um, this was my deliverance spot for about six months. This was the area that God wrecked me. This is the area that I would sit in for hours and hours and hours and hours because the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of me and he would begin to just heal me and, and wash me and cleanse me of all the demonic and suicidal depression, uh, crap that, that was on my life through generational curses and ungodly soul ties and all those different things. So, I can get in that to another time, but just to give you a, a, a little bit of a, a overview to know that what you see today and what you'll hear today is the Holy Spirit. Because who I was when I first got here was a illiterate 1.7 grade point average dropout who liked to do a lot of drugs and liked to fight. And I, I'm still good at it. I just can't do it no more, except on your teenagers. Because they, they like to jump me, <laughs> right? 
Only in the south side. <laughs> hey, we know where we're at. We got we got a we got a you know we are a mixed breed of body of believers. You know, we've got teen and on Wednesday night we got teenagers that that say things they shouldn't say and do things they shouldn't do. So, you know, I'm not saying that that our yes we we have self control and we watch our language and things like that because it's you know we love Jesus and we want to represent Him. So we're going to get into a lot of that this morning. Amen. So the first letter for facts that we're going to go over is fearless. So when you hear the word fearless, you normally think of the word fearless. As my, my, my boy Josh over here knows when you're in the cage and you're fighting and you get done and you win your match and somebody comes to you like, dog, you was fearless. And you t- how, many, how many times you guys heard it? Somebody tells you, they tell you, you were fearless, and you're like, man, I was shaking my nerves. My hands were sweating. My knees were buckling. I was on autopilot. I didn't know what I was doing. I blacked out, and I just went for it, right? So it's not so much that we're fearless with an ISS. We are fearing less. Why? Because there is a healthy amount of respect when you're in a circumstance or a situation that you should not be in. There's a healthy amount of respect, right? When you're in something, a circumstance and you're wanting to, to hear from God in your life. There is a reverent fear, right? So we want to fear less so that we can get closer to the Father. Does that make sense to everybody? Just like when I made that text on Wednesday or Thursday, I had to fear less. I was a little bit nervous. I was like, if it's okay, if you want to let me talk, I'm cool. If not... I'm cool. Because the words are not ours, they're the Lord's. Amen? Okay. So Proverbs 3.25. I don't know if I threw that up there. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of desolation of the wicked when it cometh. That's, that's that King James because I down copy and pasted. Right? In Psalms 46, 1 through 5, it says, A song of descendants of Korah. Oh, that's that. God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times, times of need, I believe that's supposed to say. And so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea and let the oceans roar and the foam. Roar and foam. I didn't know. Okay, oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Verse 4, it says, A river brings joy to the city of God a sacred home of the Most High, and God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from, from very break of day. God will protect it. I got a lot of scripture here, so just bear with me. Okay? This is our primary scripture for fearless. We're going to go into Matthew 4, 38, 40, 41. Jesus was sleeping in the back of a boat with his head on a cushion. Say, on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. This is going to be our primary scripture, if I didn't already say that, for, this, for, this, this, for the F, for fearless. 
Three things we're going to point out here when hearing the voice of God and you are being fearless, okay? How many of you actually want to hear the voice of God? How many of you want to be able to hear the voice of God for yourself? Because there's this, okay? How many of you want to hear the voice of God for others? Yeah, see, I thought, I thought that. So, there is, there is the three parts of this. First off, there's a lot of people I've spoken with. We've talked about this verse with a couple of people that, that we did not catch that says Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. He was in a little fishing boat. He knew that there was waves. He knew that there was winds. He knew that there was lightning and thunder because when, when, they're in, when you're in that kind of storm, you know that something's going on. I, I don't know if Jesus was just a really deep sleeper or he was just, you know, just ignoring them because he wanted to see what they would do. Because Jesus was sleeping to the things of the world, but he was awake to the things of the Father or the kingdom. So when you're fearless in hearing the voice of God, there's a point where you have to be asleep to the things of the world because you begin to fear less what man says. You begin to fear less what your family says. You begin to fear less what that friend that you think is your friend but is offering you things you know you shouldn't have or that person that's trying to have relationships with you that you know you shouldn't be in. But the problem is is that Jesus was asleep during the storm with his head on a cushion because he was not distracted by the things of the world. He was not distracted by the things that were going on. He was not distracted by all the different voices, all the different sounds, even even our kids, even our spouses. Okay? Sometimes we need to get away and not be afraid and fear less. Because how many, how, many, how, many, how many of us I know we are micromanagers? I am a micromanager. You, you come on, be honest with me. You, you like things the way you like them. You're going you're gonna to put your hand on it. You don't want any, okay, we, I like my clothes folded the way I like them. I like, I like right, uh, okay, for, for all the ladies, you like your house clean the way you like your house clean. How many, how many wives in here, because I have a wife, and I know that when I go to clean the house, I'm, I'm gonna, I say, baby, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the, the big stuff. You come in, and then you make it look the way you want it to look, right? For a while, there was a little bit of fear there. So I had to fear less. Not a bad fear, but it was like, if I do this, she's going to be mad at me because she likes it the way she likes it, right? But in order to do this, we have to get away. And literally, in order for me to be one with my wife better, I had to get away. Jesus, every time he preached in the New Testament and the gospel, every time after he get do, got done healing, every time after he got done uh, uh, preaching or teaching, where did he go? Where? Where, where? I'm looking for a specific word. To the mountain. Look it up. Every time he got away, he did not... The people were searching for him. The people wanted him. The people were going after him, right? Sometimes we need to just fear what 
is going to happen. Take our hand off the circumstance. Take our hand off the situation, right? Because when the the word fear here, when Jesus asked the disciples, he said, why are you afraid? That word in the Greek actually is another word for anxiety. How many of us know a lot of people in this neighborhood that deal with anxiety? Because what if? What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? What happens if, what happens about, what about this bill? What about this family? What about this sickness? What about this illness? What about, what, 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 oh, sweet Jesus, help me. This is why we have to fear less. Because we have to let go. You ever hear that saying, we have to let go and let God? It's a great cliche. I hate cliches, but that's a really good cliche because I have to tell it to myself all the time, which is I have to let go and let God. That's why Jesus asked them the word actually for that afraid, if you really want to know, wait a minute, I only downloaded it in, in Greek, so I can't even say it. Sorry, it's probably up there. Yep, see, yeah, okay. But for that verse, it says, of Christians who, thought, who through cowardice give way under persecution and apostates. So what happens? We get afraid. We get worried. Right? We remove the voice of God from our life. We're, we're unable to tune in to what it is that he's wanting to do in our lives. I know when I drive around for work, right, a lot of times, I, I listen to 89.3, which is Yes FM. Well, in, in Indiana, 89.3 is the Catholic station. In Detroit, it's the Mexican station. In New York, it's actually like an Arab station. So how, how, how many of us know sometimes the station you're used to tuning into may not always be the same? It may not, you may be saying, Jesus, you on 89.3, why are you speaking Spanish to me right now? He's saying, because I need you to find me. I need you to seek me. You know what the Bible says? Those who seek me, find me. Right? I will be one with you and you will be one with me. Those who are in the vine, right, with me, those who are not, will be cut off and cast into the fire. So Jesus was literally saying to the disciples, why you got so much anxiety? And then they saw him calm the storm. And it says they were terrified. That's a whole nother type of fear. That's the kind of break into your house, have to stop somebody from robbing you kind of fear. How many of us feel like we have a terrified fear? How many of us feel like we have a fear that all the time we just walk around? We just, we just walk around alarmed, right? Right? We walk, around, we walk around frightened. What's around the next corner? What's around this corner? What's around that corner? That's not even, that's, that's past anxiety. That's, that's control. That's demonic control. Am I hitting anything with anybody on this first one? Those of us who walk with OCD and ADHD and all the other acronyms or abbreviations, okay? I had to learn that some of those are not self-inflicted. Some of those are not a chemical imbalance. Some of those cannot be fixed with medication, 
okay? I am not against using medication. If you need to use medication, okay, you do what you have to do to get where you need to be at so that you can allow Jesus to heal you, right? Some of us are able to use vitamins. Some of us are able to use, you know, you have to have a medication. The point is the medication is to get you to the point to where you can get to where you can hear Jesus clearly and find out what we need to do to fix the the issue. Amen? So that we can fear less. There's another word for this, or there's a, I wanted to throw out some, some, some synonyms for the word fear, and it's at the bottom of this first one and then the next slide. Bold, cocky, confident, courageous, daring, gutsy, heroic, intrepid. How many, how many of you have an intrepid? Anybody know anybody who's got an intrepid, the car intrepid? How many know the word intrepid was another word for, for fearless, right? Smart, spunky, wise, assured, aweless, bodacious, brassy, cheeky, chesty, cool hand, this one, this one kind of threw me off crack. I'm like, how is that fearless? Well, like when somebody is like, you know, a crack shot. Sorry. Okay. That was corny. I felt like Pastor Keith right there. I did. That, that was, right? Dashing. Uh, here's, here's one. Dauntless. Anybody see that movie, Dauntless? Did you know that, did you know that, that word was actually, actually means fearless? Those who are dauntless. They were the ones in that movie that changed the whole community because they were not in a line with just one thing. They were able to, to cross-communicate. They were able to work outside of the box. They were able to go places other people couldn't go and do things other people couldn't do. So those are the people that were in, that were in a box, were so afraid of them, they tried to wipe them out. I believe that some of us here should be like that. You should be in a place where you are dauntless because Jesus is so wide He's so high, he's so broad, he's so deep that when you're tuning into him and you begin to let the fear just wash away and you begin to let the anxiety be pushed away by the Spirit of God, you become not held in a box. You can take on any shape, any form, any place. You can go and do anything. Why? Because my daddy's the daddy who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My daddy's the daddy who heals brain damage. My daddy's the daddy who takes away addiction. My daddy's the daddy, right? That's why, because your, your thought process has to change. Okay, so I've come to see that tuning into God nine out of ten times is a character issue. And you may ask how. Character, the mental or moral qualities distinctive to an individual. So we all have character qualities, right? Some of us can be angry. Some of us can be mean. Some of us can be generous. Some of us can be nurturing. Some of us, right, we have all these different character qualities. Running away was not in keeping with her character quality. How many of you feel like that sometimes? Sometimes in your heart, you're talking about, you're talking to yourself. And you have this, you want to be able to stand. You want to be able to to press through. You want to be able to, to do what it is you know you're supposed to do, but you run. Anybody ever feel like that? 
but you know that your God-given character quality is not to run. And in tuning in with God, in order for us to have the character of Christ, we have to be in alignment with Christ. We have to have his personality. We have to have his nature. We have to have his disposition. We have to have his temperament. We have to have his temper. We have mentality. We have to have his makeup. You say, well, how can I, ha- how can I do that? How, how, how is that possible? He's God. He's spirit. Doesn't the Bible say that we were made in his image? But the world has stolen. The world has stolen the identity of the believer and the identity of wanting of those who want to know who God is because they've told you that instead of having the personality of, of God, God doesn't real. Instead of having the nature of God, you're just no good and you're, you're always going to be no good and you're always going to be this. Instead of having the temperament of God, well, your temperament is anger, rage, and murder. That was before I got saved. That was what I was told, right? Your mentality, your makeup. Are you guys getting what I'm, what, what I'm getting at here? Okay. So we often take on the character of the world around us because it's easier to follow than it is to lead. And even doing this, the Holy Spirit laid it in my lap as I was driving and I shared this story. Okay? And it was him and run into the direct... Okay. My job was to catch what he was saying, right? And know it was him and run in the direction that he was telling me to run, not be afraid. So when we're tuning into God, right, and we're, we're looking at what's going on in our lives, and we begin to, to begin to say, you know what, I'm not going to allow this circumstance or situation to dictate what I do or dictate how I feel or dictate what I say or dictate how I treat people or dictate how I treat my wife or my kids. I understand that this, may, this is a lot, but this is, this is a primary character trait that causes us not to be able to tune into God. All throughout this city, we see people. This morning, I told Pastor Roy, I said, I was, I was here printing out my notes, and I hear gunshots. God said, I want to use this neighborhood. But in order for God to use this neighborhood, we have to stop allowing the anxiety of the world and everything around us from stopping us from hearing what God has for us and where God wants us to be. He said to be a lamp, a light on a hill, right? He didn't say hide in your house. He, didn't say, he said those who have lights inside of you, do you put it under a bushel? But you want to hear God and you want to know God's will for your life. First Thessalonians says this, for this is God's will for your life. I'm going to start it there. I want you to write, this is God's will for your life. I want you to look it up. Not because I don't know it, because it's, I, just, I feel like God's saying, tell them where it's at, let them go look for it. Let them go look for me. Because he tells us right in the scriptures, he tells us right in his word what his will for our life is. He said, this is my will for your life. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you don't let the the South End neighborhood around you distract you or destroy you and see that you, whenever, whatever street you move on to, that you have the capability to be fearless and change the atmosphere. 
in order for you to hear, to tune into what God is saying, you have to actually believe. Jesus said, why do you have no faith? I'm going to go back and I'm going to lay my head on my cushion now while you guys freak out in this storm because my eyes are closed to the things going on around me in the world, not in a bad way, but my eyes are open because I only say and do what my father tells me to say and do. So I'm going to have peace in the storm. So I'm going to able to be fearless. He oftentimes makes me go and do and even speak to people I don't know. Contrary to popular belief, it is not easy for me to be fearless or bold. It is not in my nature to care. It is in my nature to be by myself. Okay? It is in my nature to be alone. It is in my nature to, to just kind of... I, 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 Pastor Renee has told me, you've gotten soft. I take that now as a compliment. Because I had, uh, there was a gentleman who came here, uh, he's an, a chiropractor, and I just, I actually saw him, and he said, when you first got saved, you never smiled. You didn't laugh, you didn't talk to anybody, you didn't, you didn't go around anybody, you sat in your little corner with your little Bible, and you prayed, and you pushed everybody away, and you're always mean. I'm like, dang, John, all right. Because he saw me smile. He saw my countenance change. Because I wasn't afraid of the Father. I wasn't afraid of God. I wasn't afraid of being close to him. I wasn't afraid of wanting to get close to what it is that he had for me. A lot of times in this neighborhood, because I believe that this word is specifically for people in this neighborhood. If you are in this neighborhood and you live in this neighborhood or you live in the inner city and you have become a place where you're afraid to go out on your streets, you're afraid to go out to your car at night, you're afraid to walk around, you're afraid to, to, for anybody to know that you might have something nice in your house. God is saying, be fearless. God is saying, lay down that being afraid, that anxiety. Lay down that mental, that mental war that you're playing, that mental war that the enemy's playing with your brain. We need to know that when we walk down our streets, we can change the atmosphere. We had a fight on our street. And I was in my house. I was upstairs. I walked out in the middle of the street. And I began to, and all I, I literally, I yelled, enough. And it just began to scatter. I said, go in your house. You go home. Not because I'm anything special. Not because I know anything. Not because I'm, I'm good at anything but because I knew the authority that the Father placed inside of my heart to be able to walk into a circumstance and a situation. This is nothing special, right? This is anybody. Anybody could do it. Anybody could do it. Because it's the angels and the Holy Spirit that walk with you. When we go and you have a friend who's in a dope house and they're lost and you have to go after them, or you have a friend who's calling or somebody who's trying to kill themselves. So many times we've heard so many different things because people put on so many masks. Or, or you, you know a family that is, trying, that is being broken down by the enemy. Well, what can I do? You can be fearless. You can be unintimidated. What's up, dude? Sorry. I don't care if you're a man, woman, or child. King David became king when he was a young man, when he was like 12 or something. 
killed Goliath with a rock. I hear the, I, okay, in the world, what I'm about to say, in the world would be called like paranoid schizophrenia, right? In the church, it's called prophetic. <laughs> so I wanted to preface that with what I'm about to say. Because some of you who don't know me, right? I've been thinking about that all week. I'm like, man, if, if half the people knew half the things that went on in my head that I saw or heard, I'd be in a lot of trouble. But I hear the voices, the, the demonic things going on in this room. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But I hear him. What he's saying isn't for you. What he's saying doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really matter. What he's saying doesn't work. What he's saying doesn't, doesn't count. He what he's saying isn't going to be able to stop that, that mental, emotional wall that you're trying to break through. That weight that you feel like you're under. Because I see somebody right now. I felt like I was supposed to just say it. Usually I'd walk up to somebody and tell them, but I want them to know that, the, that, that God said that, that I am the rock and those who are on me would be, would, be, would, be crushed, would be smashed, but those who I fall on would be crushed. So what it is is that you, I see you kneeling over and a big brick wall as you feel like the weight of the world is on you. But Jesus, who is the rock of salvation, he's now laying on that wall and he's crushing that thing that is trying to crush you so that you can stand. And he wants that for every person in this neighborhood. We wonder why in third world countries people are seeing things that, that, that nobody else is seeing. Because in the midst of gunfire, in the midst of children dying, in the midst of family members dying, they have one thing. They have one hope. They have one person that they go to when pastors are being drug off and they never see them again. Literally, this happens every day. The congregations, they have one hope, Jesus. And that's tuning into him. Around here, if people just started getting drug off or somebody started, literally somebody would walk into this building and just something crazy would happen, God forbid, we, we would not know how to, to handle it. We would not know how to to, to walk underneath the weight of that. So I just take authority over all the voices that would try and steal you from being fearless right now in Jesus' name. If you're feeling like that, we're going to do something real quick. If you're feeling like that, I just want you to say in the name of Jesus, I command every voice to stop. Yep, did it stop? I know it did. Because I saw it. Because you have power and authority in your words. It says there is life and death in the power of the tongue. The Bible says speak into, the, into existence those things that are not as though they were. This is all about tuning in to God. This is all about knowing the Father. This is all about knowing who's in the boat with you, knowing whose head is on the cushion, knowing who really has your back. Because we have put so much stock in the people around us to have our back. We've put so much stock in the family around us to have our back. We've put so much stock, right, 
even in, even, even in the body of Christ, we have put so much stock in the body of Christ because we have forgotten to seek the Father. Are we, does the Bible say in Hebrews, in 10, I think it's Hebrews 10.26, it says, do not forsake the assembly of saints if so many have, right? Why? Because the body of Christ should come together and we should be able to depend on one another. We should. But reality is, people have lives. People, people are going through something just as much as, as you are. People are, people, so, and, and, and until you get, until we get this tuning in thing, we're going to be depending on people who don't even know how to depend on God themselves. So why don't you be the person that's fearless and learn to depend on the Father and tune into God? You want everybody, we want, we want everybody else to be the person that we can go to. Why don't you be who it is that God called you to be, which is a priesthood, a royal priesthood, a called out one? I'm just calling identity into existence right now because I need you to be fearless. Before I move into any of this other stuff, I still got five other points. But this one, this one, some of you are getting it right now because I'm feeling that shift. Some of you are getting it right now. Wait a minute, I could be that person? Yes, because you were made in the image of Christ. I could be that person that instead of me being the broke one mentally, emotionally, physically, instead of me being the one that feels crushed and destroyed, I can be that person. I could be the person because there is no favoritism. God says, I will reign on the just and the unjust. Right? Paul said this. He said, said, there is no Jew, nor Greek, nor slave, nor free. We are all in Christ. So any one of us. God said, I gave gifts to men. Right? I gave gifts to hear and speak and see and talk and, and heal and deliver and set free. That's for every single one of you. It's not just for somebody holding the mic. That's why when we go out on the streets, I take the teenagers out on the streets. I tell them, you go do it. What's God telling you? I'm going to use Diamond because I, I see I, She didn't think I saw her. Every time I see her, I don't get to talk to her. I love Diamond. We were going out on the streets. Teenagers are 18 and under, right? We're getting them, we're training them to be fearless. Okay? She, I said, so what's God saying to you? She said, I see this guy with this shirt. Forget all the details. Was his leg messed up? Because you were having pain in your leg? Because a lot of times when God's talking to you, because it's very simple, okay, Daddy, what do you want to say? We turn it into something crazy. Take 20 teenagers out, what's God saying? Just ask him. Quit being afraid of the father because your father was a jerk and you filter daddy God through the jerk father that you had on earth. Anyways, pet peeve. Sorry. So I asked him, I said, what, what, what's God, what is God showing you? She said, I, the guy, he's got a problem with his legs, one of the shirt, right? So we're walking past the dollar store. And she says, that's him. She walks up to him. He's got the leg problem. He looks exactly like God showed her. And she's like, hey, I know this may sound weird because that's what we tell everybody, say, because a lot of times you're walking up to somebody, hey, God's telling me this for you. They might slap you or just think you're crazy. Again, in the world, you know, paranoid, schizophrenic, in the church, prophetic. Um, so, and she begins to tell him all these things that God was, was showing her. Well, she begins to pray for him. 
Not only did God heal him physically, but God healed him mentally. He broke down in the store. Grown man. Just grown, grown man. Got a, at the time, I think you were, were you 17, 16, 17 still? So you're 16. 16 year old girl said, Daddy, what are you saying? Grown man, dollar store. Heals him, delivers him, breaks him down like a double, double barrel shotgun. Steal or I'll break you down. God will use anybody if you become fearless. I'm not saying you're going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to saying you're not going to have nerves and, you know, all these different things. I'm saying we step outside of that. When it starts to shake you up, you step outside of it. When life starts to bring you down, you step outside of it. A lot of times it's Jesus. Like we were saying earlier, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When David began to play for Saul, he began to sing. And it began to cause the, the demonic spirits just to leave. Because a lot of times, the demonic influence that, that has been there for so long is just rising up and trying to stop you from moving forward. Okay, so I'm going to move on. I apologize. I, I, I regress on fearless because that is a major thing for me. Right? Accountability. Ooh, this is going to be a peanut butter and jelly thing. Anybody know what that means? They're both sweet, just one's harder to swallow than the other. I wrote down, there's a phrase I modified. Okay? I don't want my floor to be your ceiling. I want my roof to be your springboard. How will this happen if you don't know my testimony, good, bad, to grow from? Right? A lot of times we don't want to tell about what God is doing. We don't want to tell about the hard parts. This is where accountability comes in. Right? So hearing from God, tuning into God, a part of tuning into God is being accountable to the body of Christ. How many of us do not like people in our business? Suck it up, buttercup. I have more accountability than probably anybody. <laughs> because I, I have to be accountable to people here and we have like, everybody's a pastor here. We've been told we have more pastors at our church than any church. I have to be accountable to every other authority that, that our pastors want me to be accountable to. Because when you speak prophetically, you have to submit the word of the Lord to the people that are in authority. Right? So if you, th- if you feel like you're called to, in the prophetic realm, you are going to have to be accountable. If you want to tune into God, Why? Because the Bible says that there is wisdom in the counsel of many. Right? So if you want to move in a body and you want to tune into God in a way that is going to take you to a whole nother level, in a way that's going to take you to a whole nother dimension, in a way that's going to, Paul said, I've been to third heaven things I can't even explain. But what did he do when he got, when he became, when he got saved? He went to Jerusalem and he submitted himself to the apostles. He said, I don't even have to. Jesus gave me my authority. Does that sound familiar? Jesus gave me my authority. I don't have to listen to nobody. Yes, Jesus did give us our authority, but he calls us to be accountable one to another. That's why the Bible says, where is it? I'm going to jump ahead. 
No, I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead. Okay. Hold, Soto, hold. Does he have Philippians? Yeah, he's got that one up there. Okay. So we got Philippians 127, 29. What happens? Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God, excuse me, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to, also to suffer for him. That word conduct is the word where they get, it's a military term, where your commanding officer says, check your conduct. Conduct yourself in a certain way, in a certain manner. Right? This is peanut butter, okay? Say, this is peanut butter. Okay? It's a little sticky. It's hard to swallow. I understand. But these are, these five, yeah, three, four, five, no, six. Six things that I'm going to share with you, and I'm going to try and get through the rest of this pretty quick, are the things that I lay how I hear from God. Right? Fearless accountability. Okay, not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Hebrews thirteen seven, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So when we're accountable one to another, right, a lot of times we get, we, I, again, like I had to check with, I even checked with Pastor Earl this morning in being accountable because Pastor Earl is the campus pastor. I could have been like, I hear for Jesus from myself. I ain't got to be accountable to nobody. No, Pastor Earl, you're cool with this. Pastor Earl, you're the authority here while, while Pastor Joy and Josh are gone, right? Okay, this is the verse that I was, that I was looking for. Proverbs 27, 17, 19. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. To one who guards a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever protects their master will be honored as water reflects your face, so one's life reflects the heart. That's why I said I don't want my ceiling or my floor to be your ceiling. I want my ceiling to be your springboard so that what I reflect will reflect the heart of Christ. What you see, you're going to see. When people, Sometimes people ask me, how you doing, Soto, Pastor Steve, whatever. I'm like, I've had better days. You don't want to talk to me right now. I, I, because I can't, oh, praise the Lord. Everything's wonderful. Magically, you know, lucky charms, magically delicious. <laughs> if I don't want it done to me, I'm not going to do it to you. If I don't want the fake facade that I'm trying to get our body to break out of, and to move into destiny and identity by tuning into God more clearly, I'm not going to give you a line of crap. Amen? So how will you know this? How will you know that as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart? Because some of us, our life is a hot mess. Because we no longer tune into the Father. We tune into our favorite 
psychic, we tune into our favorite soap opera, we tune into our favorite Oprah, we tune into our favorite, okay? There's a saying that, that a gentleman said, he said, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, what's another one? Instagram, Pinterest, what else? Skype, will be judgment against the body of Christ that we had time to pray. Because our lives reflect what's going on in our heart because we didn't take the time to look at our heart and say, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, fix me. Showing you who you need to go to to have them pray over you or talk to you or minister to you, but you're too afraid because you're too jacked up and the enemy's got all day long to tell you that you're too jacked up because he just sits there in your ear all day long. Chatter, 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 chatter. Because you're afraid to be accountable to somebody. Because you're afraid to lay down our walls. Because we're afraid to allow people in. That's why I said I was a hot mess. I mean, I literally was throwing punches at people. I was manifesting voices and foaming at the mouth and almost levitating off the floor. That's how much deliverance I was going through. Give you some crazy stuff, right? So Pastor Keith when, uh, and Josh, it was actually Pastor Keith and Isaiah, Josh, I th- or was on the, the, the stage playing music. They were playing. The more they played, the more I manifested. The more they worshiped, the more stuff started coming out. The, more, the louder the music got, the more I was blacked out. I didn't know. They told me. There's this is stuff they're telling me. But I had to be willing to be accountable to the people around me and over me. I had to be willing to go to somebody and say, you know what, I'm a hot mess. My life is reflecting my heart, and it's full of dead men's bones. That's why if you ask me if I'm okay, I'm going to be like, I could be better. I, give me a minute to com- recompose myself so when I talk to you, I don't filter you through the crap that I'm going through right now. Because that's a lot of times what we do in the body of Christ. Can we keep it real? We filter life, our people, through life circumstances and situations. And then because we filter it through everything else we've gone through, that person is the enemy when that person is the very person that God has placed in your life to bring healing and freedom and deliverance. You need to change your filter. How many times you got your air, con- your, your air conditioner? I know. I th- yeah, it was me. Okay. I w- my air conditioner wasn't working right. I couldn't get it to turn on. I couldn't get it to work. Well, I went down there. My filter was so nasty. Ooh. I hadn't changed it in like a year. Angel goes, she goes, see, I told you to change that filter. I was like, you're right, baby. You're always right. You're right, baby. So this is scripture. This is, not just my per- this is not just my personal opinion. This is Proverbs, right? As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. I guarantee you, you get, some- get with somebody that you are willing to be an a, a open book with, that you can be accountable to, that you can man, man with man, woman with woman. I'm just throwing that out there. That's, that's simple, basic. This is not missionary dating 101. This is get your life right 101, Right? so that we can tune into the Father, we can get closer to him. Sorry, side note, another, another pet peeve of mine. I got a lot of those. I got a lot of, I'm just shooting them out there, just throwing them out there. Um, and if you want your life to reflect your heart, the Bible talks about that who would know God? Who would know the heart of God? Right? And Isaiah, in the New Testament, said those who have the Spirit of God. So if you want your life to reflect, or your, 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 yeah, if you want your life to reflect the heart, then let it reflect the heart of God 
and allow the Spirit of God to lead you so that you can begin to be who it is that you're supposed to be. Amen? Next one, compassion. I get an F in this area. I will be, I told you, I'll be honest with you. Compassion is not my strong suit. But God put it in here. I said, God, why are you put, telling me to put compassion in here? You know I ain't got no compassion. You know I, I'm, I'm the least of the, com, the compassionate. So what did he do? He stuck me around 20 teenagers that scream and shout and ain't got no sense whatsoever and then taught me how to somehow be compassionate to them when I, all I really want to do is just slap the mess out of them. <laughs> and then he gave me four women to live with. So I'm like, I love the teenagers. None of them have come home with bruises. None of them have come home beaten. I mean, okay, I'm just saying. Me and my wife, we, we, we have been uh, with your guys as teenagers for four, four years now in November. So that's pretty awesome. So God is working in this area with me, compassion. Proverbs 27, 17, and 19 again says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The one who guards a fig tree, I think I just doubled that up, but the, I did want that first verse there. It says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Because what happens is, is a lot of times we have a sharpening stone. A lot of times what happens is, is one of us needs to lie down and be, allow the other person just to grind off the rough edges. Right? That's hard. That's hard when you know that you're just the grinding stone. That's hard that when you know, right? But, but the iron sharpening each other, when those things rub up against each other, when a, when a swordsmith would take a sword and he would bend it thousands and thousands and thousands of times, and anybody who looked at it only saw just hot metal, only saw just burnt metal, but by the time they got done and he began to rub it against that wet stone, it became out to be this beautiful thing, Right? And a lot of times, in order for us to have compassion on other people, we have to allow, we have to allow that, that, that iron to rub up against knowing that we are the stronger vessel. The Bible says that if you are the, if you are the stronger vessel, don't do something that's going to cause a weaker vessel to stumble, right? It says that if um, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast in the sea than cause one of these little ones to stumble. So sometimes we need to back up. In order to tune into God, we have to have his characteristics. We have to be compassionate. Instead of just saying, I told you not to do that. You were really stupid. Because that's, I'm just being honest. That's me, right? Am I the only one? Okay. Am I the only one? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> March 6, Mark 6, 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. When they were like sleep, they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Second Corinthians one three. Praise God, or praise be to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I'm just going to rip through these. First uh, John three two, dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like. What, 
but he has not yet shown us what he will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that when we know, we do know, but we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus in this world. Primary scripture, if you want to write that down, 1 John four seventeen, And as we live in God, our lives grow more perfect. So we would not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Jesus said, how can you love your how can you love a God that you don't see if you don't love your brother that you do see? It's easy to love those who love you, but how about you love those who hate you? How about you love those who persecute you? How about you these see these are those things when tuning into God when you're on your porch and the neighbor that treats you like crap? Anybody got one? I got one. And and then you hear this small, still voice. Go talk to them. Go love them. Go be compassionate to them. Go understand where they're at. Go, go, go help them with their car. Go cut their grass. Go whatever. Go take them cookies. I don't know. You, you stick in there, whatever, because I feel like there's people that God has, has spoken to and you're like, but them people are crazy. Them people are a hot mess. Them people are a bunch of fools. And I don't want to talk to them because... They get on my nerves. Am I being real here? Come on, I, I don't really, I don't have time to, 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 to mess around with you, okay? I, I really don't. Because, I, again, I said compassion was a really hard thing for me, and I'm trying really hard. I'm, I really am. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'm trying, I'm trying. There you go. Okay. It says, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I've used a lot, I'm using a lot of scripture because our primary point of hearing and tuning into God is being in his word. If I wasn't in his word, I would give you a whole bunch of opinions. I would give you a whole bunch of things that were just Steve's thought process. But here's the deal. I am able to give you what he's giving me because I'm in his word. Because I hide his word in my heart that I would not sin against him, right? We have, we have little kids in our, in our JBQ team that know the word of God more, better than we do. But if we want to hear Jesus, we have to, we want to be compassionate and we have to have his word hidden in our heart, right? And we have to be Jesus here in this world. Jesus didn't tell us to go hide. Jesus didn't tell us to go run away. Jesus didn't tell us to go and push everybody away and... No, he said that I hung out with the drunkards and the sinners and the pimps and the prostitutes, right? They, they, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the people you hang out may hang out, God's leading you to hang out with, don't look like the people that the people in the church want you to look like they're supposed to hang out with, right? Sometimes there's folks that I'm talking to that people are like, I've seen, I've seen looks from some, some, some church folks as I'm, as I'm praying for these people and talking to these people, they're like, why are you talking to him? Why are you talking to her? Jesus did the same thing. He talked to the woman at the Samaritan well, right? Well, your, your husband is not your husband, and the five, last five you had wasn't your husband either. What did the Pharisees say to Jesus? If they knew who this woman was, 
He wouldn't have nothing to do with her. What did he say? Leave her alone. Of course, I do it with some wisdom. I usually have, I usually have somebody with me, right? Because, you know, like my teens know, I don't ride on the van alone with, with girls. I just don't, unless it's my wife or my daughters, because I'm going to use some wisdom. We've got to use some wisdom here, right, when God is telling us to do things. We don't, guys, okay, Jesus did not tell you to be a missionary to the strip club. I'm just being honest, okay? Just, just, just putting it out there. I'm being real, right? It, he did not tell you that. That was not Jesus. I don't care. I don't care. I, okay? If, if, you have, if you have issues, right? If, if, if you are dealing with drug addiction, right? Jesus did not tell you to go have compassion on people in a dope house. If you have an alcohol addiction, Jesus did not tell you to go have compassion on people in the bar, right? Jesus did tell you to get to a point to where you can you can change, right? I was talking to a guy on the street, and he said, he said, well, Jesus said, come as you are, right? But he didn't say stay as you are. So he wants you to come as you are, jacked up, half drunk, half lit, get healed, get delivered, get set free, get where you need to be, stay clean for about a year, or take somebody with you. Like if you just feeling it inside of your bones, down in your bones, and you, you know, I'll use Demetrius, right? Because I know Demetrius and I love Demetrius, and he knows it. So, if, so if Demetrius, Demetrius felt like he was supposed to go back someplace, and he's like, "It's been like three months, Pastor Steve, but I feel like I'm supposed to go talk to this person. Come with me, okay? I can do that. Don't go by yourself, right? We want to use some wisdom. Compassionate is not missionary dating, right? But I gotta have compassion on this man. He just needs Jesus so much. You want a man, girl? I got to have compassion on this woman. She needs Jesus so much. Bro, you need to calm, cool your jets. Go take a cold shower. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, this, this word is, is, is as real as it's going to get because these are life applicable situations and things that you can apply right now that I apply every day. Right? Every day. We want to use wisdom with our compassion because I know the enemy will twist compassion in some folks' head and be like, I got to go have compassion on so-and-so, this place, go to this place. You know you're not supposed to be there. You know you're not supposed to be talking to that person, right? You ain't supposed to be on that website, on that chat line, trying to have compassion on these people. Come on now. Sorry. Compassion. Okay, sorry. That was a little jelly, right? That was like a mix of jelly and peanut butter, right? right? That, was, that was like a little something, something. Little, okay. Teachable and trainable. This kind of goes with accountability. Accountability gets you into being close to people that love Jesus, that are, that are walking out their call, walking out and, and allowing you to, them to speak in your life and you to be able to vent to them and talk to them and love them, right? Teachable and trainable. The actual, it's funny is, I think it's up there, yeah, at the bottom. In the Greek, the word trainable or teachable means to, to make narrow or to strangle. How, how, many, how, many you got, how many of you got kids sometimes? You got little kids. You're like, the Bible says, I'll raise a child in the way that it should go and it will not depart. <laughs> 
That's, that's the picture I had in my head because it's talking about, it's funny that they would use that word to talk. See, train up a child. Literally, the word train means to strangle. I'm like, woo. So you know that that, let me, let me say this so that nobody gets, nobody gets it twisted. We're talking about some cultural differences here. Like way back in, in the Middle East where they used to do some crazy stuff. We are, we are in the 21st century. Please nobody go home and strangle your child. <laughs> right? The Bible says really what that's talking about is bringing, bringing them into a training, into a narrowing so that you begin to, you begin to take everything out of the way. When you go into to, when a fight, the Bible says when a runner goes into a, uh, to run a race or a marathon, he goes into strict training. He begins to narrow what he does. He narrows his diet. He narrows his, his workout. He narrows who he has around him or her or whatever. He begins to make it smaller and more narrow because we want to be more like Jesus. So in tuning in with God, right, we get around people who are going to say some things to us that are going to hurt our feelings sometimes, right? We get around some, I expect Pastor Earl to say things to me that are going to check me in a way that are going to cause me to narrow my scope, because I want to be teachable and trainable so that when I'm going to try and hear the voice of the Lord for someone else outside of myself, I'm not missing it, right? I don't want to miss it, and I don't think anybody else wants to miss it. Okay, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas or old wives' tales. Instead, train yourselves to be godly, okay? Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is the trustworthy saying of everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God who is a savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be examples to all believers, what is said in it. And in and in the way you live, and in your love, and in your faith, and in your purity. Okay? Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. Do not le- neglect the spiritual gifts you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you, and give your complete attention to, those, to, the, to these matters. Throw yourselves into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. So if you are a Christian and you call yourself a Christian and you are in your neighborhood, right, get around somebody who can begin to help you with teaching and training and and getting closer in the word of God because some of us, our lives, people don't want to be around us because that's the mean Christian. That's the religious Christian. That's the judgmental Christian. That's the Christian who's, who's always screaming or yelling at their kids or husbands and wives acting a fool out in the middle of the street fighting and not acting like anything but the world, right? So find somebody that, that, in, in the body that, that you've seen their, their fruit is tested and tried, right? Last one, sincere. And I'm going to roll through this. I think I got five minutes. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You guys are doing great. I apologize for, for the uh, long-windedness. <laughs> sincere. This last, this last one, I have only scripture. Why? 
because I have a hard time with sincerity. I am, I am, I, I am sarcastic for anybody who knows me. I was like, Jesus, why are you giving me sincere? I'm so sarcastic. My, I, I say things that are like, that I shouldn't, and I have to go back and repent for them. And then I have to eat humble crow, like, all the time. I'm just being honest with you. These are the things that I work on. These are, these are just six facts, six things that will get you to be able to tune in closer to Jesus, right? So sincerity, okay? Psalms 15, 2, those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from a sincere heart, Right? Check our hearts. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. How, much you, how, many, how many of you hate fake friends? Come on. Always in your ear, and then you find out on Facebook they was just talking behind your back because somehow they think that you're not going to go on Facebook and see all the chatter that they put all, off the Internet like it was only to them and one other person. Sorry. There's my sarcasm. That's the other part of my personality. Let me read that again. Wounds from a sincere friend are better from than many kisses from an enemy. If you have a friend that is sincere and is like, hey, I see, I love you, I see what's going on in your life, and I just want to talk to you, and I just want to be close to you, and I just want, I want to try and help you through this time, and I know this might sting a little, please do not push them away. Please do not treat them with contempt because you can't be in my business. Right? You can't say nothing to me. Only God can judge me. Well, if you're in this house, judgment starts here. If you're in this house, it says, judge yourself and your doctrine closely, right? So find someone that is a, that is a friend that, that is sincere, right? Find the body of believers that are sincere, sincere hearts. It's hard, I know, okay? I have a, me and Angel have a, a very small group of people that we know are sincere, but they, when they speak into our lives, it, it, it changes us, and for the better. Amen? So many people come pretending to be sincere and sit before you. This is actually Ezekiel 33, 31. I'm not saying that. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. Hebrews 10, 22 let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with the blood of Christ to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water, right? The blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus is for, for, for cleansing us. The Holy Spirit is for washing us. Okay, but the wisdom from above, it first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and will go and will and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds, and it shows no favoritism, and is always sincere. Okay, 1 Peter 1.22. You were cleansed from your sins, and you obey the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love, other deep, love each other deeply with all your heart. Stand with me. In tuning in with God, he's going to ask you two things you don't want to do. He's going to ask you to look at your life. He's going to ask you to not stay the same. 
right? A lot of times I hear the statement, I, I, I forgave them, but I don't have to love them or like them. I'm not saying love or like in the sense of, you know, be buddy-buddy, but showing the love of Christ when that person that did you dirty is broke down on the side of the street and their tire is flat and you want to be like Jesus. You were cleansed from your sins when you obey the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Do you know your brothers and sisters are not just the people you like? In tuning in with God, this is not just some supernatural thing, and it was really weird for me to give this word today because this is very practical. Normally I'm speaking on the prophetic and visions and dreams and, you know, out-of-body experiences and crazy stuff. And he's saying, this is a character issue. Not so much the character issue of, of, not of how we act, but who we represent. So if you this 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 is this is hopefully a sincere, compassionate altar call. If you just want to be able to love more, that's hard. If you want to be able to just love more, love more like Jesus, I want to invite you to, to just come. I, w- I, wanna, I, w- I want to, I know that the pastoral team wants to pray for you. I know that we, we, our thoughts are other places and we want to get out of here, but Jesus said, I have food that you know not of. If you drink from this well, you will never thirst again. Some of us just want to feel love. Some of us just want to, want to know what it, what it actually feels like to have a sincere person love them and expect nothing back. Jesus said that I give without expecting anything in return, and yet he gave his whole life. Isn't that crazy? I give without expecting anything in return, and yet he gave his whole life. Let me pray for you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would, that you would allow the facts of learning to tune into you, these facts, that we would apply them to our lives and we would begin to get in deeper in your word, get closer to you as father, get closer to you as friend, get closer to you as, as just the closest companion we could ever have so that when we hear your voice, we know that we know that we know that we know it's you. Daddy, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that every wall, every hurt would be broken. Daddy, I ask right now that if there are those that are having financial issues, that you would have compassion on those financial issues. Daddy, I thank you that you care about the great things and the little things, but I feel like that there are those that are like, if you really love me, I need need you to help me in this area. I ask that you would begin to provide jobs. I ask that you would begin to provide um, uh, transportation. I ask that you would begin to provide in areas that only they know that they need it so that you would be glorified, so that they would know, they would say, Daddy was compassionate to me. Daddy's sincerity of knowing that he loves me was there for me. So, Father, I pray that you would just bless every person here. 
you would let your face shine upon them, that you would be gracious to them, you have mercy on them, that you would protect them, that you'd go with them. In Jesus' name, amen.